This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful, but brief. In this episode, we have Andre Kempe, founder at Admiral Media, Admiral Studio. Andre, welcome back to the Business of Apps podcast. Thanks so much, Art. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back on. All right. Something tells me that among people who are listening to this podcast, there are some who do remember how dial-up mode should sound like when you're connecting to the internet. These people witnessed the fight for the dominance between the Internet Explorer browser from Microsoft and the one from the Mozilla Foundation. So they did remember the late 90s, early 2000s. But I'm not sure that these people are familiar with the terminology like Web 1.0, Web 2.0, Web 3.0, let alone the Web 3 ads. But today we have Andrew to introduce us to the Web 3 advertising. Andre, you was a guest on the show back in 2020, mid-2020. For people who did not listen to that episode, uh, please tell us about yourself. <laughs> well, I'm one of those guys who remembers the dial-up uh, sound. <laughs> um, it was uh, a very exciting time to uh, experience the internet back then when you really had to think of which uh, address you have to type in to find something in, uh, because there wasn't a, a Google or something like that, right? So... Uh, things have changed dramatically. Um, anyways, what, what I'm doing, so I'm, I'm running, you mentioned it, Admiral Media, um, performance marketing agency. We are um, like 20 people. We are running international uh, campaigns on any paid social channel for a, a variety of clients, mostly subscription-based apps. Um, uh, but also I've uh, co-founded Admiral Studio uh, lately, and that's uh, the topic today, basically, uh, where we developed um, uh, an advertising platform, uh, basically with the knowledge of what we've learned uh, from our past uh, years in Web2 advertising, um, and try to apply this to Web3 uh, in the crypto world, basically. And um, this is what Admiral Studio does. And we have developed a platform called Wallet Ads. And this is basically uh, something we wanted to discuss today and compare a little bit with the um, app advertising or web advertising that most of you guys uh, know, certainly. All right. So, yeah, speaking of Web3, um, before introducing the Web3 ad notion, let's cover what's been happening up till now. And obviously, in-app advertising is the like the most prominent part of the mobile advertising landscape. So what is the standard in-app ad today? How widespread is it among different app categories? How efficient they can be? Can you give us some few data points just to kind of draw the picture? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think most of us, if, if you look at yourself, uh, Art, uh, how you use your mobile phone um, versus how you use your computer, right? Um, I, mm -hmm. I think mo at least in a professional world, most of us use desktop for uh, um, emailing, for uh, Excel, for Google Sheets, Word documents, whatever, contracts and so on. 
Um, but on the mobile phone, our, our behavior very often um, changes. We do the same things. We also comment on uh, um, emails and whatnot. Um, right. But we start using games. We start using um, social media. Um, we surf on Twitter to check in what Elon does uh, lately and so on, right? Yeah. So the, the behavior is a little bit uh, different, certainly. And the um, users... Um, show that also when you analyze your web traffic as an example right uh, 70 80 percent of uh, traffic on regular websites are coming from a mobile device nowadays um, and the apps are uh, on top of that adding a huge chunk of volume of traffic um, since, since we are switching between the apps so quickly uh, i open my instagram i go over to twitter i open my TikTok, and and this happens within milliseconds basically right um so has advertising changed um, and, and is different between desktop and mobile already. Um, what I can actually do on a mobile device versus what I can do on a um, desktop computer is already a little bit different because typing is easier on a keyboard versus uh, on a mobile phone when it comes to, uh, I don't know, credit card insertion and these kind of things. Um, so purchase behavior is different uh, on those devices. Um, and also how ads look like um, is, is so much different. Um, but, but these are just the very simple things to compare um, mobile and uh, desktop when it comes to in-app advertising. Um, there's no so much difference between um, mobile web and in-app ads, right? So this is pretty much quite similar. The only differences I would see is that um, in-app ads, when I'm playing a game, for example, can be um uh, context more contextual to the game that i'm actually playing right so for example if i'm uh, playing something where i have to fight for the golden sword then the right. ad that is being displayed could use that information uh, in a, in a somewhat better way and already sell me the silver sword um in, in for another game or something like that right so mm -hmm. um they can get a little bit more clever um on on in-app ads sometimes i believe with the incentivized uh, offer walls and these kind of things. So, yeah, in-app advertising, um, as far as the um, how popular they are in different categories, I think uh, if uh, you just mentioned the games, but I think that would be applicable to utilities, social apps, and um, um, entertainment in, in general. We kind of taken them for granted. Um, we, I mean, when I say we, kind of a, the whole society, we're kind of a, came to terms with the fact that if you want to get something for free or close to be free, like if we're paying bucks or a buck or two, you are okay with seeing ads inside your app. Um, unfortunately, like I know many occasions when when you're talking about kids, they may watch those videos in the game just for the sake of getting some rewards so in those cases the advertising uh didn't does not really work i mean people are watching video ads uh and just for the sake of getting their reward but not actually with an intent that using um anything that it was advertised in those videos but at least just to give you a sense that um in-app ads it's kind of a partial part and partial of the experience of using mobile apps today, like it was the case with the advertising on a desktop, 
which we mentioned previously. And this is the landscape of um, advertising as it stands right now when we are um, in the current era of digital advertising. So um, having said that, um, what do you what is your in your opinion are drawbacks for in-app ads? We live in a very dynamic world and the app industry mirrors its rapid changes. Your app growth depends on new knowledge and skills like never before. This December, one and only Berlin will open its doors for app marketers from all corners of the world. Go to appromotionsummit.com slash Berlin to register and be part of it. Well, you mentioned um, uh, the kids watching videos just to get the reward and this yeah. um, probably doesn't work. Um, I would counter this, to be honest. Um, when I want to bring the comparison with McDonald's uh, mm -hmm. and, and their Happy Meal, um, if I remember my time when I saw on TV um, mm -hmm. and the only incentive watching an ad on TV was, uh, when is it over? I want to continue watching my uh, movie. Right. <laughs> um, but still, it's an incentive uh, in some way. Um, I, I think the uh, advertising that uh, McDonald's would show to me still worked because I still remembered when I was inside the McDonald's store that, oh, there's mm -hmm. this Happy Meal thing. I want to have this toy. That's a good um, point. I think advertising works, especially with kids, and that's why they are so protected from advertising. Um, so it's uh, rather the exact opposite um, uh, from, from my perspective. It's just most advertisers in that environment are not clever enough on what to advertise and how to advertise to kids in that specific uh, context, let's say. Um, I, I believe one part here is that uh, creativity got a got um, um, uh, worse and worse over the years um, when performance marketing became such a huge uh, factor in the advertising industry uh, per se, right? So performance mm -hmm. advertising only looks at the click-through rates and the conversion rates and whatnot, but it forgets what impact every eyeball uh, actually has um, or how we can impact every eyeball with our ads. Um, we count the impressions, but we don't think of the sheer volume of impressions that we are generating um, with our performance ads because we only look at the return on ad spend nowadays and this is why why we think okay this ad doesn't work but it does mm -hmm. just forgot how to really use it uh, effectively let's say um, so th this is about that side of things also the attribution over the years has improved so much in performance advertising this has uh, exactly this effect uh, we see which impression which click brought us which uh, result um, and, and that's why we very often uh, concluded okay this was a not tracked there was no result tracked so the ad wasn't successful but maybe the user was actually converting in some other way we just didn't see that right um this all plays uh, hand in hand together. Um, and, and coming back to the Web3 uh, world, um, here we still don't have uh, such a solution, right? So we, we are kind of falling back into exactly that scenario that we need to be clever about our advertising and need to think of um, ways how we promote our products in Web3. If it's a fashion brand uh, that is just releasing a new clothing uh, thing for the metaverse or something. Mm -hmm. um, 
they, they need to be smart on how to promote through which channels they want to promote how they want to measure the success really right that's that's a very good point andreas so even when the advertising does not produce immediate effect just like i said that kids are just watching because they want to get their uh, their reward but not for the sake of actually using and stop being advertised but it stucks with them later just like when you're driving on the highway pass by some ads you may not realize that it, when you're watching the same advertising on the that big board uh, day in day out it stuck with you, it sticks with you it, it influences your decision to buy that product later you may not just not realize that yes. so advertisers should be especially cautious about that effect for kids as opposed to you know adults so at least with us we're more or less responsible for our decisions which to to the extent uh, I would uh, argue, but still uh, that effect can be more or less controlled by us, which is not the case with kids. And it, that's especially have to be mind, really mm -hmm. mindful when you're launching an advertising campaign uh, for games and you know that kids will be looking for that in those ads. Mm -hmm. So that's that's important point to make. Uh, but um, we just mentioned Web3, Internet. Uh, when we say Web3 Internet, what do we mean by that? Just like I mentioned in the intro, like this division between one, two, and three, you may hear this notion being mentioned by somebody on the, you know, some tech pundit, but um, I'm not sure that in masses people are that familiar with that term, like, you know, with the browser notion on the email client. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, there is one description out there that um, uh, explains the difference between one, two, and three quite well. Um, web one was basically the big media companies were showing us something, mm -hmm. eat or die, right? Um, right? Web two enabled us to um, basically start creating stuff, uh, become part of the internet, start blogging, start uh, becoming an influencer. Um, these kind of things, right? So it's um, the power went away from media companies into the hands of users more and more, um, let's say. Now Web3 basically is a, an enhancement um, of that. Um, it basically enables creators to start monetizing um, and control licenses of what they have produced, right? So because the blockchain um um, technology enables you as a creator um, to control whenever some content is being displayed um, you would recognize that and you would be able to uh, charge a fee for that and this would really come to you without any intermediary right so you wouldn't mm -hmm. need a, a, a universal studios or whatever big corporation um, to control that for you and collect um, license fees this does the blockchain for you and this is basically the next level in, in the development of the uh, internet. So coming from on the first stage, uh, the whole content was generated by media. The second stage, the content generation partially, uh, I would argue in a big part, moved towards user-generated content in the stage three, when these users can actually monetize on the content they generate. And... Um, I would see that in the light of um, somebody mentioned recently that one of the problems with the original internet concept was that there was no the built-in system in the browser for microtransactions. Um, you could not start selling anything back in the day when the internet just got started. 
and the generating revenue, uh, you had to rely on the advertising from the day one. So we may argue that this is the problem we're getting with the, you know, the influence of uh, um, Facebook on the society, the influence of big companies that are relying on advertising to generate revenue. Uh, because the whole thing started with a situation when advertising is the only name, is the only game in the town to make money. So Web 3.0 trying to um, change this, this, this whole situation and empower content generator with the system, um, with the financial means to make money. Okay. I, 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 maybe something. to jump into that uh, one more time. So I, I think that this is uh, only half true because you already in Web2 are able to make money. Um, I think payment systems have improved quite, quite a bit over the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, implementing a PayPal button um, on your own blog or something, there's no that's not a big deal, right? Um, there's ready-made uh, solutions for that. Um, um, collecting whatever currency um, from those platforms or through those platforms. I think it's the Web3 part is more um, beneficial for controlling ownership uh, for licenses. Um, mm. the, the payment part is just one uh, um, additional compo component to gotcha. that. So if you want to retain the rights on your content mm -hmm. in a situation when every piece of content is digital. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, so um, now what is Web3 ad? Uh, what is advantages over in-app advertising at this point? Uh, can you give me some examples for that? Yeah, well, there is no such thing like a Web3 ad um, per se. Um, it's rather how do you promote um, uh, products that are living in the Web3 world? So a product could be um, an NFT. This is certainly the most popular thing at the moment, but um, there's a couple of other things out there. But to, to stick to the NFT example, because it's the best mm -hmm. use case, I, th I think, for now, the that everyone understands because it was in the media so much and everyone has read about an NFT already. Um, so I don't need to explain other things uh, to right. attach to maybe other, other ideas here. But let's say you're purchasing uh, a funny image of an ape. Um, everyone makes jokes about nowadays. Um, they are still being sold for, uh, I don't know how many millions uh, out there because they are collectible. They became um, collectibles. And there are a couple of other, not only the apes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, the this is a web3 product because here you have an image where the or, original um, license is being maintained within the blockchain you can check the smart contract um, uh, within the smart contract everything's written down like who owns what and what money goes to whom in, in a secondary market for example so for example um, you art are buying one of the apes and then you want to sell it to me uh, on the secondary market. Um, and I pay, you paid 500,000, I am paying $1 million. Now, in theory, you would make a 500K profit. Um, but maybe in the smart contract, it's written that the original creator of the ape still gets 250 grand for this reselling. And this is automatically happening without them being involved, without them giving a, an additional approval, signing something, whatever they would automatically earn exactly that amount, right? Mm -hmm. um, so your profit is, is a little less, um, but the license goes into my hands and everyone has uh, uh, earned something here. 
So to do that, um, more and more new platforms are coming up, um, trading platforms. Imagine like eBay um, now in the Web3 world, it's, uh, there are a couple of them. Uh, one of the most popular is certainly OpenSea, where you can purchase those NFTs. Um, and they are integrated with uh, various chains. Um, there's uh, different, uh, um, let's say, protocols um, on blockchains. Um, and here you can basically a publish uh, your NFT collection that you have created, um, or as a customer buy NFTs. So it's a marketplace similar to eBay. Just it's using in its backbone um, uh, blockchain inventory. Let's say um, the NFTs. So now, um, how would you make your NFT collection popular art? Um, which ways would you go? You would probably mm -hmm. try to find influencers to talk about it. Fair enough, try that. Um, you would probably try to do Facebook ads. You can try that. Um, yeah, one of the options. May, right, and, and Twitter and, and Reddit and whatnot. So you can do all those things that we all know from the Web2 world. Um, we are still all using such platforms. Um, but how could you, in theory, advertise um, in the Web3 platforms? And, and this is exactly what we've built with wallet ads. We are basically um, enabling advertisers like NFT collection holders to promote or a crypto app, trading app, for example, um, to promote their product, their app um, in users' wallets. So you are art, you are uh, um, releasing an NFT collection. You must mm -hmm. own a wallet um, that contains your money, uh, uh, information about it's you. It's a payment so for those NFTs. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we are now sending you advertising into your wallet. Um, and imagine like your traditional wallet that you've had in your pocket. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to check my wallet. No, no ads there yet. Okay, please continue. <laughs> exactly. Imagine that, right? So mm -hmm. in, in the offline world, you have a wallet. We take it out of your pocket. We stick in our business card. We put it back in your pocket. And someday mm -hmm. you will look into your wallet and wonder what this business card is. And we are doing this in the Web3 world, basically. We are uh, able to promote or send advertising into people's wallets um, and promote products um, that can be purchased in uh, on the blockchain. It, it, in the most cases, it's NFT collections. In some other cases, it's like Web3 email programs or it's uh, please download this crypto trading app, um, these kind of things. Hold on, hold on your wallets, people. It's coming. <laughs> you know, you know what, what, what is really fascinating, fascinating for me when it comes to NFT is that you may hear from people that this attitude that NFT, it's kind of ephemeral, it's not real, uh, it's not tangible, it's basically just selling air. But back in the <laughs> early 20, the, 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 the beginning of the 20th century, when the paper money was introduced by the me as a means of you know paying for something. People at that point were relying on gold, and they could not grasp the concept of the of the paper money right away. It was a bit of a backlash. Okay, I I completely I could completely understand how can I pay with the gold. It's uh, something that I really understand. So what's up with this paper money? So today it would be really laughable if somebody would start, you know, disputing the concept of paper money. So we're kind of moving through the next transition with the NFT right now. 
because to be honest uh, from a biological perspective or not consciousness they're all the same gold money nft just the social contract between us we agree that this amount of uh, you know gold particles i can give you for this product or this amount of piece of paper uh, for this product or nft is the electronic payment but so i think it's going to be it's it will come through this transition phase and it will be accepted widely just like regular paper money at this point i couldn't uh, describe it in a better way it's exactly uh, what's happening like value gets created from the consensus of many let's say right so many people just agree okay this has some value for me um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i would be willing to pay for that x amount right and and this consensus is creating value so it's not about the material that i'm exchanging exactly what you just described right so perfect yeah so uh, the classical crystal ball question in your opinion what do you think is coming from web3 ads what do you mean uh, coming from web3 ads I know what is coming for. I mean, uh, what's what's what? What should we expect? How do you see the development of the advertising? Well, um, that's very early stage. Also, with wallet ads, we are just uh, tapping into a very interesting market. We still uh, try to understand user behavior here. We are analyzing all the data that we are collecting and so on. So, it's um, hard to foresee what's happening as a next step here. But I could believe. Um, as one of the next steps that if we are continuing um, the development as, as as successful as we did in the last month uh, with this, mm -hmm. we would go away from pure sending ads into people's wallets, uh, into wallets that we have collected, basically, to becoming a kind of a MailChimp of Web3, where you are, for example, you already own a lot of wallet addresses from your audience, for example. Right. And we become like a MailChimp instead of email sending, we would send them uh, ads into wallets. That's a step one. Step two would be could be an audience network. So all the Web3 platforms out there could potentially implement a solution like ours um, and use us like AdSense to monetize, right? Um, and, and then we are stepping out of this, uh, send something into people's wallets, um, but it's still tokenized um, uh, ad inventory, so to mm -hmm. say. Got you. Now, Andrea, as a guy who have been in mobile tech for a while, is there something about the industry you would really like to change? Hmm. Um, I think this is not related to Web 2, Web 3, Web 1 or something. Um, it, it's rather, um, I would say, uh, how people think of advertising and how it should be managed um, in general. I, I think this is something what I would like to change. Um, the First of all, we need to go back to be just performance marketing guys. We need to realize we do advertising and use the chances that we get, right? Um, we only have that few seconds of a user um, to make this user interested in the product that we advertise. And we have um, totally forgotten about this uh, since performance marketing skyrocketed like crazy in, in the last years. Um, this is coming back to the uh, first part of our conversation about the uh, kids' uh, eyeballs, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, so this is the first thing. And, and then also um, when it comes to how it's being managed, I think something, something needs to change um, uh, in, in terms of how you perceive 
um, a product development and um, advertising. Um, you don't need to uh, have everything in-house. You don't need to uh, uh, develop everything yourself uh, and reinvent the wheel for everything. Um, there is so many awesome solutions out there uh, that you can just integrate, implement, and pay a little fee for that um, instead of um, day focusing um, your product development team, challenging your marketing team with new things that others have mastered already, right? I, I think this perception needs to change a little bit uh, um, from people, but because I believe it comes only from one uh, train of thoughts, um, the more mm -hmm. people I manage, the more projects I manage, the more power I have in the company or the more I can... Um, show how great I manage these things and how many great ideas I've developed um, and, and uh, products I've developed. But it's actually not needed, right? Um, the ultimate yeah. goal is generate revenue, generate value, and uh, not how many people you hire uh, and uh, how many um, sub-products you have developed internally. Yeah, I think it's... it. Uh, I absolutely see what you're saying. We still cannot accept the notion that pretty much anything, if you look around any uh, product service, anything you can see is a product of collaborative development. We are not living in the world where things are done by a single individual. Even the brightest minds you can think of are standing on the shoulders of giants as that you know famous phrasing says. Um, so do not... Um, it's completely okay for you to be smart compilers, uh, the smart you know people on the top of the chain of different tools developed by other people. And it's still kudos and credit goes to you as a guy who can pull it off. But do not start from reinventing the wheel as you're saying. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Yep, so before I let you go, Adria, how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? I think the easiest way is uh, just uh, my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> it's probably the 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 only platform I use multiple times every day. Okay, a little bit of Twitter as well, but um, yeah, let's say for professional contacting, use LinkedIn, please. <laughs> yeah, so LinkedIn is still the same platform to use. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, Andrea. Thank you so much for coming on the show and spending time with us. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, Art. Have a good one. And that was Andre Kempe, founder at Admiral Media at Admiral Studio. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.